Welcome to the Founder Source Podcast. Um, this is a daily podcast by me, Mashuru Mudao, and Ububele Pukopo. Um, we use this podcast really to shed light, to learn, um, to understand, to explore, to go on adventures around entrepreneurship, small business, and startups. What we're really trying to use this platform for is to create a really great dialogue between ourselves and also um, key stakeholders in the entrepreneurship ecosystem, right? So this can be ecosystem players, um, research organizations, incubators, accelerators, um, anything and everything that has to do with entrepreneurship is what we care about. Currently, the thing that's really been dominating everything we've been speaking about is the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. Um, but also more than that, the reaction that the South African government has had um, in response to it. Um, it's been a, I think this is the first week. Um, this is the first Monday of lockdown. And it's been an interesting few days. I think we're on day four, technically. Uvele, am yeah. I wrong? Day, day four, essentially. Day four. Um, but it, might, it might be just uh, 21 working days and we might <laughs> just be a couple of days behind. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. It's day four. It's day four. Yeah, but listening to the president, it really sounds like this is something that's going to be extended um, at least um, 30 days, possibly even 40. Yeah, his, his current rhetoric is around... He doesn't put a time towards it, but... I think his general thoughts is that it might be a bit longer, even by a week or so. But it, it all depends on how rapidly the government increases testing, as well as um, the likelihood of the recovery of certain people that have been tested 14 days ago. So, yeah. Yeah. I think the one thing that I keep thinking about around this is just how the numbers you get on a daily basis really don't represent the reality of the numbers as they are. Right, yeah, so you've got the lag between testing, the lag between results being gotten, the lag between getting those results being reported um, to the right parties. I think the data is so far behind that you actually can't measure this um, in 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 the in the di- most direct sense. Yeah, we like on on an inf- information basis, we're probably living three to four days behind, meaning that the results that we get today. Um, not is essentially a representation of the current situation. The representation of what happened Friday, you know, Thursday, Friday. So what's happening now, or the testing that is done now, is only going to reflect what's going to happen in four days' time. But on that point, like what the government can do is just ramp up testing, right? Like that's the only way that we can get to a point of being comfortable so what south korea did is that before they opened up or slightly opened up the economy is that they they tested um uh, half percent of their population like 250,000 to 270,000 people which is essentially the half percent of their whole total population so if we can also get to around that number of testing then we could have a level of com- of confidence that okay no the bad days are behind us yeah um how would you say you feeling or doing right now um during lockdown day Uh, four uh, well 
to me is not day four. This is my third week of working from home. I mean, it is our third week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I keep thinking about that. Is before the president had said, "Look, guys, you need to stay at home." Um, we we're already at home, and we we're yeah. already for a week already at home. And then that second week came, and now it's it's this week, and it doesn't feel real to a lot of people that this is the reality that you know they have to be in. Um, yeah. I'm seeing a lot of Twitter conversations revolving around you know um can we take a break midway or something like that <laughs> can we please you know stock up on alcohol at a certain point and like i don't know if it's an indicator of a society that really needs this time like that's the keep that's the thing i keep thinking about is like maybe we really needed this like yeah. emotionally psychologically economically this is going to be a massive shift in in us yeah, at the, end, at the end of the day, we are a consumption society. Like, we, we consume everything. Like, maybe this will help us shift our mindsets towards, you know, looking at what, what's really missing in the country and just focusing on being a productive country and producing the resources that we actually need. Instead of, hey, man, I miss, I miss, uh, such and such, you know, I miss such and such. You know, maybe we can shift our mindset towards, Okay, let's let's see what we can produce on our own, and let's see what we can leverage to, you know, move our country forward in this dire circumstances. Because we, like South Africa, has been compounded with not just the the the, the COVID nineteen situation and the lockdown, but also the downgrade in in our investment grade by Moody's. So we do have a country to fix after all of this. But this is a well needed break, like you say. Yeah. Um, so I, what's your assessment of that as well? You know, like this takes us below um, investment grade um, rating. Um, what does it mean economically, um, practically for small businesses, entrepreneurs, the man on the ground? Like, how does this impact people? Because I always think about movies like um, what's it called? Um, Which one? Ah, the movie on the on the 2009 crisis. Oh, yeah. oh, that with Ryan Gosling and all those yeah, guys. The movie by Michael Lewis, the the book. Yeah, uh, so the Big Short. The Big the Short. Big Short. Yeah. And um, throughout the movie, he goes through this process of explaining certain things because um, that's how the sort of financial markets really operate: is this obscurity and not really being transparent about what they mean. And I always think about ratings, you know, grading and all of that. I don't think laymen understand what that means. Even me, yeah. you know, yeah. um, I really want to understand how it affects me in my daily life. Um, will I see this next time I go to a small business to buy something? Will that impact of a ratings downgrade um, even matter? I just want to understand from your perspective, like, what does it actually mean? Well, it, it has a bigger impact on the on the macro environment of the country, not necessarily on on micro consumption. So you won't necessarily have a, a personal feeling on it if you go to the shop. Yes, supply chains are still open. We can still buy resources from outside the world. You can still you can still get the ordinary things that you can get. But now South Africa is in a dire state where we're not able to borrow money from the people that we can borrow money from now we have to look for other avenues to actually get foreign investment into the country and what the treasury department is looking at is probably uh bailout from the imf or the world bank which comes with um stringent um stringent policies to 
attached towards it. So we'll probably see if we do go that route, we'll probably see um, certain criteria being placed on the government to to actually buckle down and you know trim the wage bill, uh, which is ordinary government uh, individuals cut down on uh, consumption spending, cut down on uh, bailing out SOEs, but on the general individual doesn't have that big of an impact. But talk like going back to the big short, there's a, a scene there by Timothy Geithner, the, the the other guy, the the, sh- the other short guy with the black hair. <laughs> if you yes. watch the movie, you probably know him. So he was jogging through New York City and he stopped to to make a phone call to say, hey man, ordinary people don't understand what's got, what's about to hit them. Right? Yeah. Ordinary people are just walking down the street. They don't know the impact of this thing. And yep. the impact of that situation was most people in America that had homes, lost their homes. You can see that scene where the guy said he's been paying his rent to his landlord and his landlord has not been paying the the mortgage. So what happens to him? At the end of the movie, the guy is in the car moving his family across across the country. But, you know, things will become tighter in terms of money-wise. But as an ordinary civilian, you won't you won't feel it if you're not in those particular um, government departments or just like it will be day-to-day normality for most people. Uh, so, you know, when we really were thinking about doing this episode, the one thing I said we really need to talk about is the winners and losers um, from this um, you know, crisis, from this um, current in environment and climate. Um, what do you see as being the winners um, right now? Yeah, but before and this, that, I'll, this is obviously a, a post-lockdown assessment. I uh, want to, I want to put a disclaimer, Bash, that this podcast is done with the utmost empathy, and we we're not just trashing people for the sake of trashing people and calling them losers or whatever. When like have that. we ever called? Any, <laughs> nah, we, like, we don't do that. To like be honest, I think this is objective assessment, right? Which is something is lacking yeah. in in South African media. I feel is like. No one wants to have an honest dialogue. I want to have an honest dialogue. We're not saying, you know, these people have done badly, but there's a reality where um, there will be losses, there will be losers or, you know, losses made by certain organizations, mainly because of the environment. It's not necessarily that we feel that they're not doing enough or they might not be, you know, good enough or anything like that. It's just an assessment of the reality of the environment that we exist in. Yeah, which is true, which is true, and I can't fault you on that. Yeah. But yeah, let's 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 just get it on with. Let's um, start with yours, man. Sure, man. Um, my win is obviously the government. The the way they they have handled the situation is impeccable, right? You know, not not many governments out there have had you know had the praises that we currently having, or you know. In the manner that the government has handled it, right? The situation is quite dire in other in other countries, and we have what over a thousand two hundred people that have it, and only two deaths. You know, that's 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 commendable in the in the manner that they've they've approached the situation. Plus, now with the Moody's downgrade, as you said, you know, they will need to put in measures now that they give, they've given themselves time to actually do that to fix our economy. Afterwards, right? That's number one. I only have like four. Uh, number two, ah, supermarkets. Oh, those bastards. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 oh, I am sorry. Oh, those bastards. 
Uh, <laughs> so, like, my thing uh, is, um, like, no one's talking about you have literally manufactured a monopoly and you've yeah. made it so obvious that, look, there's only four stores and those four yeah. stores are the only ones that can sell you food at this time. I'm looking forward to the day they announce their revenue numbers for the year and you, you look at March, um, April or February, March and all you see is this yeah. massive spike, um, that's higher than Black Friday. Yeah. Like, like this current oligopoly that's, that supermarkets is just insane, bro. And I'm going to touch on three aspects of what makes it incredible, right? So essentially people can only shop at four stores, right? <laughs> that's where you can shop and nothing else is open. Literally, yeah, that's it. You go, you go to four stores. Okay. Those numbers are going to be insane. Woolworths food makes up 30, what, 32% of the whole revenue of the Woolworths group. Now it's going to be probably even more. You know, on the second, like, they, currently they control the circulation of money in South Africa. Let me tell you why. So, supermarkets in South Africa um, disperse a third of the government grants in South Africa, right? So, in totality, government grants on a yearly basis make up $175 billion. That is essentially, what, $14.5 billion every mm. month? And mm. supermarket stores have a third of that, Right. <laughs> so what happened? Wild. So t- today was day one of government grants disbursement, and what happened um, is that they had a dedicated time slot for for when they're going to disperse it, right? So you go in, you either go to a money market and you take your money from there, or you can take it directly from the till. After that, people are encouraged to shop in store to get their essential goods. <laughs> so, so now you, you you give people you're taking money, money out, and then um, you have to put out, it back into the store, yeah, and you put <laughs> it back into the store. Okay. And number three on that point, Mash, is what happens is that now they also have a remittance section where you can send money to your relatives in the store, which they charge you a ten rand fee for every for every transfer you make. So what's going to happen is that people are going to stay in store, get their money, shop, and then send a portion of it to whoever they want to send it to whilst making the, the supermarket like money. So essentially supermarkets are, are banks, <laughs> you know, they, they give us our food and, you know, they circulate money. That's to me, that is quite insane. They are a winner, like. Like whoever who's that guy Raymond Ackerman, ah, his family will be rich forever. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a few families that are going to be rich forever, <laughs> and it's been exposed by this crisis. Is like um, the concentration of power, the concentration of wealth, um, the inequality in South Africa, and like um, wh- while you we're talking about winners, and um, to be honest, like I just don't see any winners when it comes to how. Um, the inequality is like now really starting to show where people are going, wait, 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 wait. Yep. How did we go on like this for this long? Because now only people are, it's in their faces, right? Before it's, it's right like, there, oh no, right? you're in the office with someone. You don't know how they got to the office. They've been up for five hours. It's nine o'clock. They you know, left home at 3 a.m., had to catch a bus, a taxi and a train. And when they get to the office, they try and perform exactly at the same level as you are, whereas you yeah. live, you know, 15 minutes away from work and you're driving to work. 
It takes you five minutes, you get there and you fresh, whatever. And it's the same with this where, you know, last week you had massive scores of people um, panic buying and then all the retailers did the most unethical thing, which is, you know what, let's hike up the prices. Mm-hmm. And then they hiked up the prices on the week where everyone else was shopping, which was the majority of the country. Mm-hmm. So these are the people that get the grants, people that earn way less. And they're walking into the store, the prices are much higher, which really, you know, completely disadvantages most of them. And it's yeah. it's crazy how this crisis has really, really shown the depth of inequality in our country and how, how, how deeply entrenched that inequality is. Yeah, like people, like... Most people can't live on the on the single government grant, right? They have side they have side houses that they do. They sell, you know. Yeah, you have your hawker ladies, right? They were not allowed to make money this weekend, so getting this grant is imperative for them. And you know, just touching on the situation, inequality is one of my losers. In fact, <laughs> inequality yeah. is one of my losers. But then yeah. moving on to the on the flip side of okay, we talked we talked about supermarkets. My other winner is online stores and online shopping so when everything opens again people are used to buying this stuff online i'm sure most people are ordering or pre-ordering things because there's discounts now and when the economy opens again on the 16th of april if that's the 16th of april you know they're going to get their stuff so people are relatively comfortable with doing online online shopping and you know with that trust factor there will be a boom in online shopping, which is already growing at uh, 20 to 35% in a year. So there's a big, big market for online shopping in South Africa. And that's thanks to, you know, no thanks to the grocery startups, but thanks to companies like, uh, um, I know there's a company in Cape Town called uh, Faithful by Nature that sells, you know, those organic things where most, like, the affluent people shop for like you know your your pet food your organic um lotions your organic whatnot like they've actually done super well in this economy right so thanks to those type of businesses that most of us doing e-commerce will benefit when the the economy opens again yeah yeah fourth one match just before um i move over to you is um technology startups right so Technology as uh, as the backbone of all of this. Like the government has seen, or most South Africans have seen, the impact that innovative technologies can have on a on a society. And this will be a driving factor of how do we go from this current situation of you know our economy is in in a in a in a rut, uh, you know. Health wise, we're not capable of meeting. How can innovative technologies tackle these certain things that we have? Because now, what happens is that our problems have been amplified to like a, a, a magnitude of our problems is like so so huge, and that people can actually see what we're struggling with. Then, how can innovation come into it? And then, with that, like funding will come into that in that in the tech sector, and that will obviously propel us to like greater heights um what are your winners like i I just those are my winners i had four what are yours cool um so mine is going to be a unfortunate cliche but i think the entrepreneurs are going to be the winners right um that's the first and foremost 
because there's so much uncertainty there's so much and there's so much opportunity in uncertainty and that's the thing is like people are navigating differently you're seeing consumers change overnight you're seeing business models being completely broken down um overnight um you know you look at stuff like cloud kitchens and i know you're obsessed with this but like (laughs) i foresee a situation where they say you know okay guys um the, the lockdown is done, but we still need you guys to restrict movement. We're going to allow the delivery ve- vehicles back and, on and the road. And that's going to be super important, Mash. Like Exactly. They, they're going like, to go, you know, yeah. Like getting getting your food um, into the hands of your customers post this is going to be so difficult for like walking restaurants where people need to sit down. They'll have to find a way to navigate um, um, those those um those muddy water muddy waters and like uber eats exist like it takes about on average three three to four days to get on uber eats all right there's two fees that you pay you pay a setup fee and you pay uh like fee per per transaction or per order but besides that it's fairly simple you know most restaurants would have laid off their staff so they're not gonna you know they're not gonna start off with a lot of people coming back they would want to start off with, you know, like a little bit of revenue coming in with limiting their costs until they grow. And those platforms like Uber Eats and Mr. D and Order In are going to be important for these restaurants moving forward. Exactly. So I see that being number one, right? So yeah. it's, 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 an, so I want to break down the entrepreneurs thing. So it goes down from technology startups to traditional to whatever. The thing that I'm constantly thinking about now is like, how do you help as many small businesses start to understand the value and importance of digital? And that's through content, that's through educational, you know, experiences, whatever it is, start communicating these things. And I foresee a a, a big surge and it's already happening in dribs and drabs of, you know, these digital agencies completely focused on small businesses and enabling them um, to navigate digital in a more efficient and effective way to grow their businesses, right? So I foresee someone going to a restaurant, you know, just a, you know, uh, you know, a hole in the wall, pizza place, like say Urban Browser and Parkhurst and going, you know, yeah. they already have everything, but let's say, for example, they didn't. Someone going there and going, hey, look, um, you guys are at risk because if, you know, something like that would ever have, have to happen again, happen again, it might be a problem. Yeah. Um, do you guys want us to help you set up for Uber Eats and Mr. D and all these other services? Yeah. And then they're going, okay, do you want us to help you um, put out Facebook ads and Instagram ads and Google ads and all these different tracking mechanisms that sort of digital startups use. So, you know, it's very common for a tech or an app or a technology solution to be using Google um, AdWords and Facebook um, ads and all these different things. But it's so less common with small businesses where they're going, you know, we're here, we've told everyone we know, um, we're hoping something happens. I think you're going to see a massive shift in that behavior where people are going, you know, Maybe the startups have a plan and, you know, you're going to start seeing a lot more growth marketing coming through, um, yeah. growth marketing, um, a lot more digital marketing, a lot more um, creativity in that as well. So I see a win for a lot of creators in this as well, where brands and small, bu- where small businesses are going to decide that they need to become more brand uh, conscious, yeah. right? What is, is the story we're telling? Who are we targeting? 
How do we want to speak to them? What's the experience we want to create? And that's the most important part, right, Mash? Understanding who your customer is. Right? Like, like there's ample tools on foundersource.com, but now it's just about, okay, how do we apply these tools to our businesses? Which ones are relevant to us? Which ones are not relevant to us? And how do we, how do we sort of create like a, like a playbook with all these tools, which will be relevant for our business moving forward? And I think, you know, like if people want to get into touch, I'm sure me and you are happy to, to like help them navigate those situations. Yeah. So I definitely see that as been, um, an opportunity also is like entrepreneurs need to f- learn about who their customer is, um, post lockdown. Whoever yeah. you were serving before might have changed the way they navigate the world. Um, yes. I don't see myself going to malls as much. I don't see myself eating out as much. Um, small things are starting to change where, you know, I'm happy to cook, uh, three yes. times a day. I'm okay with, you know, um, I, I start caring about stuff like what's the, you know, how organic is the food that I'm eating because I care about how much I'm going to eat it because I'm cooking all the time now. I'm more yeah. conscious of how the food is prepared, um, the hygiene standards and probably a lot of people are going to be thinking on this level and, if they are, it's a change in behavior and how people, how, how we view lifestyle, right? So if now my lifestyle is I want to stay at home as much as possible and only leave the house when it's necessary, because that's the habit that they're teaching us right now, right? So whether we agree or not, it's literally saying, look, do you actually need to be outside? Like when, ever, why? Um, <laughs> and like the, the biggest one in this situation, Mash, would be, do you actually need fast food, right? Like if, if your health is the most important thing to you, do you actually need to be eating McDonald's or, or KFC or whatnot? Like how can you change your lifestyle? And it only takes 21 days to, to make a habit. And you have those 21 days to actually make a habit now. Exactly. And, you know, I think that is going to impact a lot more things. And that's where I see more winners. Um, so the entrepreneurs being one. So the entrepreneurs, I'm talking startups, uh, small businesses, agencies, creatives, whatever you are, yeah. what you need to do is invest yourself in understanding the way the world now works and plugging in where you can to create the best value um, that you can sell off to other people. Um, but the yeah. second winner being, you know, um, the people that will win, that will win because of the habits that we now, um, are taking on, right? So, um, our psychology is changing. Um, this is a reset button on humanity, on consumer behavior, on target mm-hmm. markets, on all of it. And you need to think about in different aspects. Number one for me is like, um, network usage, right? I blew through 20 gigs in five days. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> what the hell is going on? And I was like, oh, wait, I was always online now. It's not like yeah. before. So before I could take breaks, I could go to the office and I'm using the office Wi-Fi for about eight hours. And then when I get home, it's already a bit late. So I'm using nighttime data. Whereas now I'm working on my own Wi-Fi the whole day. Um, and then um, I'm just using it so much more. Right. And it makes the case for something like unlimited data. Yeah. Freaking crazy. So I foresee a big winner being the cell phone networks, but not just that, specifically rain. If they could get their coverage to the where it really needs to be and where they can deliver at the best, right? And also get their yeah. customer service where it needs to be as well. Because you always see those complaints just like, ah, oh, I can't get connected. 
hey, your coverage yeah. is not great, and those sorts of things. But if they could fix those two things, they come out of this as massive winners, right? And um, yeah. they made that power move of just putting in a SIM card in every single issue of the new Cosmopolitan magazine, which was so... That was a stroke of genius. Um, I wish it came a week earlier because then people would have been in the store to get the magazine. But those people that did get it, you know, you get a free SIM card, you get unlimited data for seven days, and then you can start using it. I think that's such a smart move in terms of adoption, in terms of really getting people onto this and understanding what it is. Um, I apologize that this sounds like an ad. Um, Number one on that, like like Ray needs to start giving us money for ads. (laughs) (laughs) Ray needs to start giving us money for ads. My mom actually bought two Cosmopolitans. Oh, (laughs) man. And she she absolutely loves it. Like, it's in the Eastern Cape, in the town like King Williamstown, and they do have coverage there. Number three... If you're looking for a job at Rain, um, I, I know they're looking for strategy analysts, Mash. <laughs> You'll fit in right right in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they need to cut the check. Cool. <laughs> yeah, cut the check. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. cool. Um, another one that is a, a winner from this change in habits and thinking and just is anything that operates online. Um, whether it's the mm-hmm. online stores, um, the online um, services um, such as Zuzi, um, where I'm ordering the, the, the food delivery stuff, mm. um, all these different things that are online, I am going to go into, right? So mm. whether it's online banking, anything that has to do with me <laughs> moving, <banking>. literally <laughs> everything now, right? Because Limiting my exposure to people is going to be a core tenant of how I live my life <laughs> after this. And not going to the bank uh, branch is going to be a big part of that. Not going to malls is going to be a big part of that. So now you're going to start seeing, I've never bought shoes online, but right now I could use a pair of sneakers, but I'm not going to the mall. So <laughs> these sorts of things where our behaviors are changing, the way we think about the world, the way we navigate the world are changing. Those are the things I think are going to really breed the winners. So you can see winners such as, you know, all the online stores, Take A Lot, Superbalist, um, uh, what's the yeah. other one? Um, Zando, um, all these really big ones. But also I, I foresee a lot more of the smaller niche ones starting to get the bigger. Niche ones are important, man. Yeah, yeah I think they're also going to get a bit bigger. Um, I, th- I see them, you know, expanding a lot more, the growth and uptake because... What's happening now is like there's this change in psychology going. The risk that used to make um, South Africans stop transacting online was the fact that they were afraid about the security, right? Whereas yeah. this time, the risk that you have um, to possibly lose your life seems so much more uh, not worth it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and I think, uh, and I think, uh, mostly like with the online stuff, like most people. Like move and do the subscription play, so you do a subscription box, and then people don't need to think about, you know, when they need to buy their product. You just deliver it to them once a month, and you can get recurring revenue on that. And I think that's another important play on the online stuff. Exactly. So I think anything that's operating online is going to be a great winner. And um, I don't think I have much else. It's those two for me. It's just like the entrepreneurs and the changes in behavior. 
which are going to influence who the winners are going to be of this. And cool. um, I'm, I'm excited to see what that looks like. But at the same time, I'm very, very, um, I'm very, very cautious around um, how people exploit those opportunities. And that's where I see the losers, right? So let me just get into mine quickly. Um, I foresee the government becoming a loser, unfortunately. Um, what? You know, it starts off as a winner. Right now, they d- they've done incredibly well. I think the South African government has done a phenomenal job. And it's something that we don't say enough, mainly because, you know, we are the country that we are. We have the opinions that we have. I was critical of the president, you know, 30 minutes before he made his speech. I said, um, because the, the podium where he was taking the picture, right, was empty yeah. and he wasn't there. So I said, you know, um, no leadership, just vibes. And <laughs> just vibes, right? And, and that's the theme, bro. Like, look content, just vibes. Yeah. So I looked at that and I was like, you know, after he did his speech, all I could say was, Jesus, that's a really good job. That's okay. Let me see what else you can do. The next yeah. week, they did it again. Whereas, like, look, guys, this is not working. We're shutting it down. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. I think right now, the government is a great winner, right? Because they've done everything they possibly could do to try and contain this. Could we be more prepared? Probably. Um, could we have, could the shutdown be going much better? Definitely. Um, could the South African army be way more responsible? Probably. But yeah. these are things that are so minute that it's really not even the president's fault. These are things that are so, you know, something is bound to go wrong when you're trying to do something like this. And I think being president of any country is an impossible job because just with South Africa, you're talking about 60 million people. Um, how many different, differing opinions, different privileges, different disadvantages, all these different stories and narratives and people just fighting for so much. And the way I see um, this coming out as a loser um, in terms of the government is really from an economic perspective. I think it's going to be a massive uh, bloodbath in terms of jobs, um, yeah, especially yes, in the yes. informal sector, um, whether even in the formal sector, same thing. Um, you, you're going to see organizations go, look, guys, we did our best during the virus, but like the virus is over now and there's a reality we need to face. Yeah. And that reality like, is like we have to cut. If, yeah. Yeah. Especially if like you're talking about, um, um, like the Edcon group, they say they might not open when things go back to normal. Yeah. Right? I saw that. And so I, now that's, that's, that's almost 50,000 jobs gone. And, and on that point, like, I can understand your economic play where the government might be a loser on the economy. Yeah. But you know, th- currently they don't, there's no, there's no action plan, right? So, you know, we can't essentially judge them on not having a plan right now when they are in the process of making one. But yeah. I can, I can, I can really understand where you're coming from at that point. Yeah. Look, I, I'm, look, they might have a ace up their sleeves. They might, you know, but I'm just looking at it from every angle and, before this happened, um, we were already in a very difficult posi- place, right, economically, um, where the large businesses, you know, were hoarding cash for years and years where they didn't want to reinvest in the economy and try and grow it, um, where you had small businesses struggling and the jobs were just not there. And I don't see in these extreme times, right, um, with the virus, with the lockdown, with the Moody's downgrade, um, and probably with the unemployment that's going to come straight after this and the amount of um, cutting down and uh, restructuring and 
um, this and that. You know, Edcon Group is a massive employer. Already you've mm -hmm. got one massive, massive um, employer just going, look, guys, we can't do this anymore. We're going to start seeing a lot more of them. I think there's going to be a lot more announcements before this lockdown is done of small businesses or even large ones saying, look, guys, we've really thought about this and we've tried our best to find the best solution and there isn't one. This is an impossible yeah. situation and you're going to see a lot more of that. And people aren't going to see um, the companies and the organizations that are going, hey, guys, we can't do this. What they're going to see is, the South African government made a, a decision to shut down the economy effectively and it led to a jobs bloodbath. The in-between is not going to tell anything. The, the narrative of the virus is not going to say anything. People are just going to go, the government did this and it's led to this and no one's going to go, hey, but you know, we were fighting a pandemic. Um, this was spreading really fast. We have a very, a vulnerable, um, we have a vulnerable population of people with TB and HIV. Um, people aren't going to mention all these things that were really, really celebrated right now. And we're yeah. going to listen to this podcast when it finally you know, hits the fan and everyone's going, hey, man, where the fuck are the jobs? Where's the economy? Where's the business? Where's the money? We're going to yeah, listen back to this yeah. podcast and, and go, wait, but, you know, we should have we had a perspective as well of going, you know, yeah. We're fighting a pandemic and we're doing this and we're doing that. But ultimately, I do think the government is going to be a massive loser um, at the end of this. But a second loser I see um, is uh, people, right? But people in three senses. Um, the first one being the people that are going to lose their jobs. I think that's going to be Shucks. a massive, massive pain that's going to destroy many lives. And, you know, I'm sitting here going, you know, it's very, very hard for me to even think about what it means for me to lose my job or for someone in my family to lose my job. Because yeah. you know, the South African's typical um, stat is like one person is often um, feeding up to five people um, when, they yeah. get a, when they have a job. And when you think about something like that, I don't even feed five people. But if you think of a stat like that, you need to realize like the impact of one, be one job being lost and the knock-on effect of that. And you're going to see a lot more people going into poverty because of what's happening right now, or the impact of what's happening right now. And it's not going to be, you know, anyone's fault. It's just going to be the reality of the reality. Um, yeah. In terms of people, the second one being um, the entrepreneurs, creators, and small businesses who don't navigate this, that, that don't navigate this, this, this path the right way, right? And yeah. the painful thing is that we don't have a playbook. There is no roadmap. There's no plan here. Yeah. No one knows what you should be doing right now. Um, and, every, and unfortunately, they also they also fall into the categories of being unemployed, and that's the and that's the dire circumstance of it. And most of them were employing people. So now, uh, one one entrepreneur losing their job is compounded. On a very high magnitude. Exactly. Yeah, I understand. Much. Exactly. So, you know, I, I think the the painful thing is we can't tell you what you should be doing. You know, we did a podcast around tools that you could be using, but what those tools were was for managing this or trying to control it in some way. But um, in terms of navigating this, no one's been here before. You know, you're seeing very big organizations fumble this because no one actually knows what should be done and. You need to um, 
realize the reality of that is it means that you need to create your own roadmap. You need to create your own um, solutions for this. And you need to find a way to um, build up the solutions and navigate this the best way that you possibly can, but yeah. still know that there's a possibility that you'll lose. And I'm not a doomsday sort of person, but I truly believe there'll be insane opportunities um, in this uncertainty and that most entrepreneurs should really focus on doing that is focus on um, doing the very best you can to um, find the opportunities in the industry that you're in and the business that you're in. Um, with the customers that you serve or the new customers that you probably will have after this and really find the best way to navigate from that perspective. And then the last um, um, part of people that I think um, will probably lose um, mainly due to this is really the most important of all, which is the people that may or may not lose their lives due to this virus. And it's a really devastating thing to think about how this is being reduced to you know, an economic thing or um, a business thing at the end of the day this yeah. is a pandemic that's genuinely killing lives and we need to be conscious of why we're staying at home and why it matters and how much more we could be doing to advocate for people to be responsible um, to self-isolate yeah. to you know have really good hygiene standards in terms of washing their hands and when you're in public spaces being extremely safe and cautious I think um, the reality is if we put that above everything else, you start to really have a perspective around what this means and why it matters. And we really need to get there as soon as possible um, and, and forget about everything else. Man. Man, I, sh I, sh I should not have done my losers lost. <laughs> that, was, that, was, uh, that was powerful statements, man. Like, like it's really powerful, right? Yeah. Did I mute myself? Uh, no, I wasn't talking. Sorry, man. Um, yeah, man. Just match that. That's that's like powerful statements, bro. Like, yeah. What? No, I didn't stop my recording. That was a mistake. Okay. Um, uh, Mesh, like what you're saying is really powerful. Um, <laughs> sorry, let's go again, my aunt. Uh, she walked into the room. No, she's asking if I'm sleeping. Okay, let's go again. Um, like what you're saying right now, match is really powerful. Like, mm. like the statements that you're putting forward is extremely important, you know. <laughs> and the magnitude of this situation is really, really untenable. Like, people can't can't comprehend what effect um, it will have on society at large because we've never really okay. Here, let's hear it. Right. The only thing that we can talk about is what we are living through now, but we still need to put at the back of our minds the, the reality of the situation that we still have lives post this. You know, like when, when you speak about like one of my losers is inequality. Like inequality is a loser for me. Like especially today with the um, like the criticism of people getting government grants and saying that you know 
the situation is going to get worse because people are still getting um, uh, congregating in large crowds. Like we don't truly, truly, truly have a cohesive plan for tackling poverty in South Africa. Like that's to me the one of the most difficult part. Like even when you go back to <laughs> um, trying to fix the economy, we won't start at the ground roots. Like fixing basic yeah. needs of people, housing, you know, adequate transport. Um, feeding people. You think commercial uh, real estate as a loser? Really need to go to the grassroots of the problem mm. in South Africa, which is which is ultimately poverty. Right? Ah, but that was really dire. I would like to end off like with with two general general losers where I feel you know won't in the podcast on a hot on a, on a bad note. Um, one. Oh, well, one or two of my losers is online grocery shopping. Like, like it's nah, man. Zuzi and one card just just dropped the ball in this situation. Like, when things go back to normal, people are going back to the yeah. store to buy. That's a brutal yeah, assessment, yeah, but hey, man, I think this is a very honest podcast. Um, we're trying to be honest and, and really be open work. about what's happening um, in the world. Work. And, and we hope you appreciate this, but more than that, I hope we hope you <laughs> contribute to this. So, um, if you ever want to speak know, about something, like, um, thinking about please send it to our Twitter account. Um, on, it's founders source. Lives and, um, you know, so founders like normal and then source as in tomato sauce, not a source of hope. Um, <laughs> even though we hope we and, will be and what deliveries didn't come about, you know. And my last one, just yes, one word, uh, one word. So go to founders source on Twitter. Um, and yeah. Let's have a conversation around the things we spoke about, but more than that, let's see where else we can go. Um, I think it will be really, really impactful if we had way more contributions from people outside of this. I mean, this is only our second week, um, but we intend on doing this for the long haul, and we hope to get way more engagement around what you guys are thinking as well, um, where you see the gaps being, and what you think really matters going forward. Um, Well, it's been a good one. Thank you so much. So commercial real estate will be all these co-working spaces, uh, we cool. work Kill and whatnot, it, all of them, like, it's done, bruh. Does it, those things don't matter anymore. One word. <laughs> Found the sources in one word. my brother thank you thank you thank you see you tomorrow